winning an Olympic medal. It's what every athlete dreams of, works for, wakes up for, performs for. You know the old adage, it's lonely at the top? Well, the following stories are all about bringing the people you love onto the podium step right there with you. Today, Olympic podiums, party of two. From NBC Sports, this is The Podium, a podcast about the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games. I'm your host, Lauren Shahadi, coming to you every day from the ground with a unique angle on the performances that are carving what's possible on ice and snow. Free dance portion of the figure skating team event took place at the Capitol the Indoor Stadium. From United States of America. Madison and Evan Bates. Radiating chemistry right through the TV cameras and earning top scores were American partners both on and off the ice. I'm Madison Chalk. And I'm Evan Bates. And we're ice dancers for Team USA. The mood is set within, in fact, not even within the first second, before the music begins, through Madison's eyes, through the spell that they cast on everyone in this arena. And I Ah, congratulations, Madison and Evan. An incredible performance. Your chemistry is obvious on the ice. Is part of that just your genuine emotions for each other as life partners? Well, I think ice dance is definitely based around chemistry. There is a certain component of emotion that goes into what we do. And so the fact that we are a couple off the ice, I think is a benefit in that way because the emotions that we're portraying on the ice are authentic and real. When we're telling a love story, that is. (laughs) Um, But even so, I, I agree with you. The emotions always come from an authentic place because we are a couple and we can like portray portray different things as uh, a relationship has different ups and downs and I think we're experienced in our range of emotions that we are able to help those come through authentically and it comes through for sure what are the pros and cons of working and striving for this goal with the same person you see at home and do the dishes with pros first well pros we get to travel the world together and experience some of the the biggest highlights of our life and share them with each other. And that's just so unique and wonderful. And we're very grateful for the opportunities that have come our way. Yeah, that's the good. What about the bad? What are the cons? Yeah, what are the cons, Evan? I'm trying to think (laughs) of some cons. I'm sure there are some. Um, I think, you know, the question that we get asked a lot is, do you take skating home with you? How do you separate what you do at the rink from your life outside of the rink. And I think that the line is blurry there, but in our case, we absolutely love skating. And we have grown together in this sport. We weren't always a couple when we started skating. We skated together for five years before we became a romantic couple. And I think 
part of our love story is that we fell in love on the ice. And so, you know, everything that we do at the ice rink and, and the work that we share together, it is intertwined with our relationship so fully that it's hard to separate the two. And maybe to some people that would be a con. I don't think it's a con. I don't think that it has been a drawback in any way. If anything, I think that's kind of what makes us special. I just thought of a con. And <laughs> Your voice. <laughs> um, the one con is that when we both come home from training, we're completely wiped out. Yeah. And we get hangry. And neither of us feels like cooking or feeding ourselves. It's me. And I get hangry. <laughs> no, but then it's just difficult because then... You're both hungry. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's either got to make the food or order the food. And I would say that's that's the biggest con. That there's not the other person that your partner just waiting at home for you to help you out after training day. Like, here, babe, here's a plate of food. We both have to be like, ah, we have to eat. What do you want? I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's I'm order not a, something. <laughs> I'm not a stay-at-home boyfriend greeting you I'm with a so plate of food. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> Oh boy, they came to win. Go ahead and take advantage. <laughs> I'm so curious because a lot of people are spending more time with their significant others during the pandemic, during work hours especially. I mean, you've been doing this much, much longer. What are the tips when you do need space so you actually want to get closer on the ice later? Our apartment, I feel like, is is pretty spacious. So like... If we do need space, which we don't often, um, we can, I don't know, just hang out in different ends of the apartment. Sometimes well, we do. We just go for a walk together. And- yeah, but sometimes we do like just end up hanging out on other sides of the apartment. We have a pretty sprawling apartment. We're pretty lucky. But it's not like a spoken thing that's like, it's not like, like I I'm, need some time I'm going to close the door yeah. now and yeah. you're in timeout. It's like, we just, I don't know. Like just- I'll take a shower and then I'll just be on my phone and then I'll just lay in bed because walking across the apartment seems just so far. Again, it goes back to <laughs> fatigue and tiredness yeah. from training. And it's just like, it all stems know. from fatigue and hunger. <laughs> <laughs> That's the origin, right? During lockdown, I saw you skated in your backyard. I mean, oh, yeah, that, that, was, that was like that was week one <laughs> of quarantine in March, 2020. We had just, um, gone into lockdown. We were supposed to have world championships at the Bell Center in Montreal. It was canceled. And we do actually have a courtyard in our apartment complex. And one of our neighbors turns it into an ice rink every winter and and maintains it and shovels it and really takes good care of it like a good Canadian would do. (laughs) And so we just, like all the ice rinks were closed. So we thought, why not put our skates on? And skating outdoors is like the most fun thing for us. So and we could bring our dogs. They were very confused. They're like, we don't usually do this out here. This is where we do our business. Why are you guys skating on it? <laughs> they were along for the ride. I heard you talking about unexpected things on the ice. Taking you back to four years ago when you fell last Olympics. Take me through it. So four years ago in Pyeongchang, we had a really surprising fall in the free dance. Um, it really took us by surprise. We bounced back up and we finished the program well, but essentially our hopes at winning a medal at that event 
were dashed with that fall. And it was after that we decided to move to Montreal and to start a new chapter, all with the intention of making it here to Beijing and to win a medal. So now that we're here and we've secured our first medal, looking back on it, I think it was a turning point in our career. Almost like a, a full circle moment for you guys, right? From falling down together to now very much standing on an Olympic podium together. I mean, what do you think it'll be like to share that moment in time with your team and your significant other? Well, I think uh, anytime we get to take take a podium stand is is wonderful. And to have our first Olympic medal shared with our team is also really special because these are people that we've known for years, trained with for years, and our, our careers feel so intertwined that it feels really special to be able to share such a highlight in our, of our lives together with these people that we've known for so long. And we know their dedication and hard work knows no bounds, just like our own. And so it's, it's just a huge, huge honor. What do you want people to see apart from that steamy chemistry when they rewatch your performance? Just the joy that we have for skating. I think it's been magnified, especially since moving to Montreal. And it really, it comes through our hearts and, and into our skating every time we take the ice. So hopefully people see that and that resonates with them. And I hope people will see that we're a team who is unconventional in some ways that picks music that isn't traditional for our sport. And hopefully when they see us in our starting pose, they'll know that they're in for something special. Mm, I like that. Uh, this is a silly question, but it keeps popping into my mind because you obviously share the same space on the podium and the same space in the apartment. How are you going to tell your medals apart? Whose is whose? Uh, that's a good question. I feel like at least at first, we probably won't let them out of our <laughs> immediate sight, probably out of our grasp. And, and then, then I mean, like, as yours is mine. <laughs> and I'm sure and we'll find some unique character in each of ours. Yeah. Let's be honest, they probably get marked up a little bit yeah. over the years. So I don't know. It's a great question. We'll just, and it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Or we'll just put them in the bookshelf together and we'll have to like, Yours is on the right, mine is on the left. We'll, we'll figure it out. Or you know what? It doesn't matter. <laughs> From the U.S. team, Chuck and Bates. And Itzina Ketzalopov. They got it. 129.07. Chalk and Bates. It was like haute couture. There was just something just so special and unique about that performance. Sharing love. Sharing podiums. Sharing medals. Our next guest is quite accustomed to sharing podium real estate with loved ones. I grew up like watching my mom compete at the X Games and was able to go to those events and watch her. And she was on the podium um, three times there. Um, and my brother and I were, I think, able to stand up with her on the podium like every time, which was so cool. I don't think like I even realized until later in life that like not everyone's parents stands on the X Games podium, right? showed me that I could I could do that. I could make a career out of that and, and make skiing my life. And here is Jalen Koff of the United States, the veteran of the team, fastest skier out here so far throughout the Olympic Games from Alta, Wyoming. 
Can she get on the podium here at the Olympic Games? Whoa, going super fast. She's attacking. You want to ski as fast as possible? Um, my name is Jalen Kopp. I'm from the USA, and I just got a silver medal at the Olympics. Yeah, you did. Congratulations. And you've got moguls in the blood. Um, yeah, both my parents were professional mogul skiers. They competed on the Pro Mogul Tour for many years. And my brother um, started mogul skiing when he was probably like nine or 10 years old. And I chased him into it. Um, so it's kind of just been a family thing for my whole life. Yeah, I competed in a lot of other um, ski disciplines, as well as like soccer, basketball, whatever else was available. Um, but I actually started in alpine skiing. I did some big mountain skiing and skier cross as well. Um, and didn't actually specify just mogul skiing until I think my junior year in high school. But it took like, I mean, I always loved skiing. That's what we did as a family. And it took every aspect of all those other disciplines that I tried and every aspect of skiing, like just packed it together into one 30 second run. Folks, we have a change in the leaderboard and it's Jalen Kopp. Now that's the exciting mogul skiing wow. one. That's the freestyle spirit alive and well. Jalen Kopp of the United States with the silver. Jalen, moguls look like the most intimidating thing to me, just steep slopes with nowhere to slow down. What makes a good mogul skier? Can you pinpoint it? Um, I mean, I think a good mogul skier is just a good all-around skier. You know, like I just said, it combines every aspect of skiing. It has the technical side of it. It has the speed and it has the jumps. Um, and you have to be the best at all of those. You have to perfect all of them, you know? Um, and I think what's intimidating about it is, you know, looking down at a very steep run, um, a lot of bumps that are usually pretty firm. Um, and then, I mean, you're hitting a jump and landing right back in the mobiles again. Um, but that's also, I think, what makes it intimidating to a lot of people is what makes it appealing to us as mobile skiers. Sure. Your dad was Scott Coff, known as Robocoff. Whoa, some huge airs off top. Scott Coff with a helicopter turning it on. He wants to beat Boyle, who upset him earlier at Killington. Your mom, Patty, raced professionally. Check. All right, Patty Pinnell from Utah, an upset winner over Cindy McGee. Patty, it has to feel good. It does. It feels great. It's been a long time coming. It's like you won the genetics lottery for this discipline. Did you inherit your parents' knees? Um, yeah, knock on wood, I, I think my knees are pretty good so far. Um, but I mean, we do so much like strength and conditioning and whatnot to make sure that all of that impact that we're taking um, is being taken in, or our body is like prepared for it and our knees can handle it. All right, one fun fact, my mom won a pro mogul tour event the day she found out she was pregnant with me. So basically from day one, like it's been what I've been doing. Um, so I guess in that way, it just come naturally. I'm looking at a photo of you on that podium with your mom, probably four or five years after that promo event day. You're holding a stuffed animal. So cute. Are, are you going to throw some shade on your family? Like, yeah, check me out. Check this metal out. 
Um, I don't know. I'm sure that they'll, I mean, my parents always say like what we did is nothing compared to what she's doing, but I mean, definitely come from a very impressive family of skiers and, and just athletes. What do you guys do with the trophies? Where do you put them? Um, I've given most of it to my mom to just, I think they're moving right now. So it's just in boxes somewhere. <laughs> um, but she keeps most of it on the shelf somewhere. Um, some of my stuff is hanging up at my dad's bar. Um, and yeah, I just kind of distributed in random places. Do you feel like you could share the moment, even though your family isn't here? Yeah, they were able to watch. They had a big viewing party. Um, my dad has a bar in Teton Valley, and he has a big like projector and projector screen. And so they were able to put me on the big screen and had a bunch of people from the valley, a bunch of friends and family, um, all watching out there. I'm so glad that they, even though I can't be with them for this, like they all got to be together and share that moment together. Um, I'm just so excited to be able to go hug my family. I haven't been able to hug them um, because of COVID for so long now. And so just to go home and hug them and just be able to celebrate with them and have some time with them. Sharing the podium like most things, is better with loved ones. Although I know one alternative that doesn't sound too darn bad. Um, I'm planning to sleep with my medal tonight once I did it. <laughs> For the first time ever, the Super Bowl and Winter Olympics will be on the same day and the same network. Competition continues at the Winter Olympics tonight. And don't miss Super Bowl 56 as the L.A. Rams take on the Cincinnati Bengals February 13th on NBC and Peacock. Follow the podium now on Apple Podcasts to get automatic downloads. And tune into the networks of NBC to watch every moment of the 2022 Beijing Winter Olympic Games.